and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Ali Price, the founder of Motivating Mum, helping mums achieve their business dreams for 11 years and counting. After working in hotels as a production manager, making commercials for Target, Ali became so tired of working for big companies and having to pretend like she really cared about making them more money. It was at this time that she realized that she really wanted to help people and decided to train as a life coach and have her own coaching practice. Ali graduated from her course at the same time as having her first daughter and after experiencing all the challenges of being a new mum and running a new business, she knew then it was mums she wanted to help and so Motivating Mum was launched. Ali has inspired and educated thousands of mums through the provision of mentoring in all areas of the business, affordable business services including social media, management, retail contact service, press releases and plenty of online help. With the help of her associates, Ali also runs friendly and welcoming business mum clubs in many locations around Australia, providing a safe and supportive place for mums to work on their business whilst bringing their children. And if that isn't enough, she also runs the annual Brilliant Biz Mum Awards and Conference, celebrating and educating these wonderful women and two charity events, Mummy Mentoring Festival and Mother Jumpers, where there is mums jumping out of planes for charity. Ali loves playing the drums and dancing her booty off at every opportunity. So let's shake it for Ali and get into the groove of this interview. Enjoy. So today we have the lovely Ali Price. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. How are you today? Um, really good, thank you. I should clarify though, I do have a ongoing three and a half week cold. So I probably sound a bit blocked up and a bit huskier and I'll probably have a coughing fit halfway through. But other than that, very good, thank you. Thank you. I love the way that you set the scene. I wish I had <laughs> I had set the scene last week when that happened to me. I had the most massive coughing fit and uh, it was uncontrollable. And these things That's happen. I was like, be prepped, people. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So for our listeners who don't know who Ali Price is, let's unpack Ali Price and tell us what you do. Unpack me. I love it. <laughs> um so, um, so basically what I do is I provide a safe and supportive place 
for mums to achieve their business dreams. Um, and I do that through um, business mums clubs, uh, mentoring, providing affordable business services, and also running a few sort of major events during the year as well that are all designed to help mums. Mm. So what would be some of those services, Ali? Um, so some of the services that I do, the affordable business services, are just things like uh, social media scheduling, writing posts and scheduling or press releases, um, blog management, um, approaching retailers on behalf of mums with products to see if we can get their products into their stores. Um, really just all of those sorts of services that mums might need to help them succeed in business, but we do it at a more affordable price because obviously it's, it can be quite pricey going to people sometimes. Um, you know, a press release normally would be $500 or $600 and we do it for one. 60. I just had to remember, what do we do it for then? Um, yeah. Wow, so it's very multifaceted. So I wasn't aware that you did all of that. So you do uh-huh. that yourself or do you actually have a team that specialised oh, in a different God, areas? No. <laughs> um, no, I, I, well, because obviously I run a network of mums, I'm very lucky to be in touch with a lot of very talented and experienced and skilled mums. So I have my little crew around me um, that supports me and does some of the work for me um, and then I'll do some of the work but obviously I also manage it as well. It's just it's too much for me to do all on my own now in, in addition to everything else that I do. Oh, I love it. So it's almost like a one-stop shop, which I don't like using the one-stop shop uh, analogy, but one-stop shop for mums that are in business uh, that want to put themselves out there and expose their brand. It is because um, I initially started with the events and business mums clubs, um, but, you know, because my mission is to really help mums achieve their business dreams, I was providing them the events and they're getting lots of help and support there, but then they were still having to go off and pay people like hundreds of dollars to get help with social media or, you know, get help with press releases. And myself, obviously, being a mum in business, when I was starting out, I know that the funds are really limited and I wanted to help mums with that side of their business as well. So it is multifaceted, but it all does, um, you know, add towards achieving that vision. So, Ali, what inspired you to start all of this? Is this from your own experience or was it something else? Oh, gosh, no, it's absolutely from my own experience. Um, initially, I actually trained as a life coach because I really realised very quickly in life that I did not want to be involved in the corporate world anymore um, and I, I, I really didn't care about making someone else even more money. <laughs> um So then I decided I thought helping people would probably be the way for me. So I trained as a life coach and I actually graduated my coaching course at the same time as I had my first daughter. Um, So, you know, I went from, this was in London at the time, I went from um, working in a bar and being really social and travelling and everything to being at home on my own a lot, um, plus trying to run a business from home, which is also very isolating. And it was sort of then that I, I, I realised I actually wanted to help mums that were in the same situation as me. So that's how it came about. Mm, so you're, you started being a life coach, but then I guess your target market was mums. Exactly. Um, and then, but even being a life coach and running a life coaching business from home, helping mums is still really hard. So I actually thought to myself, okay, well, maybe I'll just develop a lunch or something like that and see if there's other mums out there like me who would like to get out and connect and engage with each other. Um, And I got so many mums for that first lunch that I actually was like, oh, right, so this is where the business is. So that's 
when I sort of went more into the running of events for mums to give them the help. Um, and then the coaching and mentoring that I do now obviously is a is is a I guess a, a spin off of meeting these women and then they'll ask me for help. Whereas before I was more running the events to try and get them into the coaching. Now I do it the other way around. So you were saying that the events was really for women or mums to come forward for those that wanted to be a life coach, that you would be teaching them to be a life coach? Oh, no, no. So what I decided was I'd run an event for mums in business just to so they could all get out of the houses as well and, you know, get away from that isolation and loneliness of working on their own. So it was more just like a – initially it was more just like a networking lunch with a speaker and there'd be all mums from all different types of businesses in attendance. Um, but then that's evolved even further now um, because I realised at those networking events and after going to other networking events that you can go to a networking event, you might hear a speaker, sometimes they have good information, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's quite general, so it's really hard to have it apply to you anyway. Mm. Um, you hand out your cards to people, you go home, you write an email to them saying, so nice to meet you, and probably 5% of them would even respond back and say, it was nice to meet you too. I was kind of finding that I wasn't really getting a lot out of them. Um, so so after that experience, I actually then just changed my events slightly. So now that they're more of a monthly meeting for mums in business, um, I've got about 18 around Melbourne, um, one in Canberra, one in Sydney, one on the Central Coast. Um, and, and, and now what the mums do is they actually come together every month. So it's actually encouraging that um, development of that support network, which you don't get at networking just by handing a card to someone and walking away. Um, so you've got that monthly check-in, those people to cheer you on or give you a hug if you're crying. And instead of having guest speakers, people bring their challenges or problems to the table and everyone as a group brainstorms and actually helps give them specific help and advice for their problems, which I think is way more effective than just hearing a guest speaker talking in, in general terms. Mm, we used to do that. We used to have a mastermind group where we did exactly the same thing. We had yeah. other entrepreneurs and women in business where we used to collaborate and meet once a month and did the same thing. We'd actually Absolutely. just share about some of our problems that we were facing. And if we were stuck in our problem, we really couldn't find a solution. It was great to collaborate and come up with solutions together. Exactly. Um and I just find that so much more effective than going and listening to speakers who are talking to a room in general. They can't actually give you specific help for your particular challenges. Um, so that's why I, I, I developed the Business Thumbs Clubs in that way. Um, and it's so funny, I actually had someone on the phone this morning literally saying to me, they've never been to sort of a business event like it and it's so supportive and so um, helpful. I really feel like you know, it's their sort of place to fall if they need to. So for our listeners, Ali, is there a cost mm. for them if they wanted to join your mum's group? Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can trial for twenty seven fifty, And I should say that everyone is actually welcome. It's not a business mum's club in that, in that it's only for mums. It's a business mum's club in that it's set up to be helpful for mums. So it's at mum-friendly times because they can't make 7am breakfasts. Um, it's at mum-friendly prices and they can bring their kids if they need to or their baby, they can breastfeed at the table and they can, can still get, you know, get on with their business as well as having their kids in tow. Um, 
So that's how they work. So as long as other people, we have dads coming to some clubs, we have grandmas, we have people who don't have kids yet, as long as they're okay with, you know, the fact that there might be a kid there making a bit of noise, then they're more than welcome. Um, and then if they decide to join, it's six months, it's about 150 so that's $25 a session. Um, and the sessions run for two hours and that does include morning tea as well. Oh, okay, so it's a physical event, not an online event. It is a physical event, correct, yeah. Oh, wonderful. But you mentioned yeah. there was one in another state, so do they dial in uh, to be oh, part of no. the event? No, so there's so there's actually 18 clubs in Melbourne, so 18 different locations. Right. Um, there's one in Canberra, so I have a host that runs the session in Canberra. I have one in Central Coast and one in Sydney, and they're all run at physical locations in those areas. Oh, wonderful. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I've been going, we're running my business for 11 years now and I still go. I go to probably eight a month and I always walk away feeling motivated and reinvigorated and energised. Mm. It's such a great feeling. <laughs> wow, you must do a lot of travel. Yes, I do. Luckily for me, I love singing in the car more than anything in the world. <laughs> so I actually look forward to getting in the car and driving for an hour because I can literally just sing my head off to music. So that's great. <laughs> I just love it. Absolutely love it. Mm. So what's the best part of your day? Uh, gosh, everything. I I. I, I I actually, you know, when when um, you have those mums that are like, I just have to make sure the whole house is clean before I start work or I just have to make sure the dishes are done, Do you know, things like that. I'm literally, I'll get up, I'll organise the kids, take them to school, get home, sit at my computer and just work the whole day. I, most of the time I, I'm like 2 o'clock and I'm like, oh, I've got to eat lunch or whatever. Um, if I don't have my kids because I'm a single mum, so sometimes they might be with their dad, then I'll literally get up out of bed, make breakfast, sit at my computer and work the whole day and then be like, oh, God, I've got to have a shower. It's like 3 o'clock. <laughs> so that's how much I love working and I love every part of my day. Um, I'll, I'm happy to ignore all the housework, shower, eating and everything just to work. Mm. So you you just go with the flow. You don't have a set sort of uh, uh, process on how you go through your day-to-day business. It's not like you might drop the kids off and then attend to the emails first thing in the morning and then make your calls and, like, what does your day look like? It, it's not – it's kind of – it sounds like it just – you go with the flow. I'm very much a go with the flow. Um but I, I can't really have a standard day because there is just so many different things that I do in my business. Um, you know, like obviously I'll be answering emails, but then I might be writing talks because I do guest speaking. Um, I might be talking to my associates about their clubs. I might be following up and organising my own clubs. Uh, I might be mentoring someone. Um yeah, there's, there's, there's so many infinite different things that I actually can be doing. Um, but I do obviously plan it out. So when I open my day, I've got my list of things that I need to do and I'll be attacking each of them. But usually I'm probably working on about 10 different things at once. <laughs> mm, wow. So while you are building this fabulous business of yours, what has been some of the greatest lessons that you have learned along the way? <laughs> um so I would say one of the greatest lessons that I've learned, and and I and I do see this coming up a lot for people in business, is falling into that trap of thinking this is just such a great idea, and people just so need this. They so need it. I just need to 
educate them on what it is or I just need to convince them that they need it, okay? Um, that Unfortunately, that just doesn't work in business. You can't, if the demand isn't there or if the want isn't there, you can't convince people to that they need it or you can't, you know, if you're trying to educate people, gosh, how are you going to educate X number of individuals so that they understand that they want your product to buy it? It's, it's a, a lot of hard work. Um, and the reason I, I've had this lesson myself is because um, I actually used to run one-off events as well. So it might be like a day of social media. So I might be doing like an Instagram speaker and a Facebook speaker and a YouTube speaker. And I would have the hardest time selling tickets. It would just be exhausting. It would it would literally send me grey trying to sell tickets. Um, and But I kept having mums telling me that they wanted this and they wanted that and they want to know about social media and everything. Um, but it didn't matter how I sort of changed this offering and tried to offer it a different way it just never worked um but I kept saying to myself but they need it and they want it and they really really want it I know this is a great idea but at the end of the day I had to say do you know what I yes I know that they want it and I know that they need it but the proof is in the pudding they're not booking or not enough numbers that was you know it was um a good thing to do um so I had to let it go Mm. um and I do have other people, you know, other mums saying to me that they're offering this service and it's like invaluable for parents and that they just need to educate them so that they understand that they need it or something like that. I'm like, it's really not a great place to be coming from with building a successful business because, gosh, what a lot of hard work. Um, and at the end of the day, you like I, you know, said in the information I sent you, you can bring a horse to water but you can't make a drink. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I think definitely ascertaining that there's the want and need and that people are actually motivated to purchase it mm. is a great one. That's a, that's mm. a really interesting uh, want and need because you've actually already done and, and received that from your tribe that they want yes. the information. You provide yep. them with the information but they do nothing with it. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> um, and the problem with with working with mums is, is that they're just so busy. They, they have so many things on already, like they might be working, they might be having a client that day, they, their kids might be home that day. So I'm dealing with all of those challenges. Um, but also um, they don't, mums don't put themselves first ever. So, um, you know, if something else is on, like they have to do something else with their kid or whatever, then they would most likely choose to do that as opposed to just saying, oh, do you know what, I'll just get a sitter or I'll get someone to help me out with and I'll go to this. They, they rarely choose themselves over their, you know, their family and things like that. So that's where I had a lot of trouble as well. So, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I find that, you know, there is a need and you go through it and they actually don't take that step. It could be fear that's getting in the way from them doing it themselves and maybe it's more so that they're probably wanting somebody to hold their hand along the way. Do you find that um, that's something that you've your tribe gravitates to where they they do more of that one-on-one coaching so that you're there with them to take them through it rather than doing an event or a webinar, whatever that may be? No, I didn't find that it was fear. It was definitely the time factor and the fact that they're already busy and they've got loads of other things on um, and, yeah, and that they don't place themselves first because these one-off events, I was at these one-off events and they were sitting in a room full of people and they were being taught. So there definitely wasn't that fear factor there, but I definitely agree with 
other businesses, there often will be. That could absolutely be the stumbling block. Mm. So we always love to talk about pain points. Every business has a pain point. So Ali, what would be your biggest pain points in your business that you deal with on a day-to-day? Well, believe it or not, we've just discussed it. <laughs> okay. so that, It that is literally is, that. <laughs> okay, so it's not anything else like, for example, some people would say my biggest pain point is bookkeeping, so I outsource that. Or my biggest pain point oh. would be, uh, you know, social media, for example, so I outsource that. So what would be one of your biggest yep. pain points? Or, for example, I'm not really good at employing individuals, so I outsource yep. that. <laughs> I get what you mean. So as opposed to an actual pain point for me, mm. um, I can't stand writing newsletters. I find them just so boring. <laughs> so um, I've set up the template and how things work and what needs to go in there and the type of content and the themes for each month and everything, and then I get my VA to write them and then I just edit them. Um, and that's – you have, like, oh, seriously – Every single month when I get that email in my inbox saying that newsletter's ready, I just feel the greatest sense of relief <laughs> that I didn't have to write it. It's amazing. <laughs> sure. And you said a VA, so you obviously have a virtual assistant uh, overseas? No, no, not overseas, in Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how about maybe talk us through that a little bit because that's something we don't talk about often. How did you go oh, yeah. about getting a VA? Well, also, again, I'm really lucky because of my network. I know a lot, a lot of people. So I know a lot of VAs, a lot of come to my events and things like that, my clubs and things like that. So if anyone out there is wanting a recommendation for a VA, they can absolutely ask me. I'll be happy to send them in the direction of some excellent ones. Um, I actually probably have, I probably work with about, when I say virtual assistants or I, I almost mean like virtual contractors because some people that I work with write blogs and things like that, they might not necessarily call themselves a virtual assistant. Um, but I probably work with about five or six or something like that. Um, and I, I'm lucky enough to have found them through, through my network. And, um, I mean, it's just, it's just I can highly recommend it because at the end of the day you really do make more money it's crazy like people are so worried um that if they take someone on they're going to be paying them that's pay coming out of the business but i can honestly say every year that i've had assistance i've, I've always increased in revenue not decreased at all um because they do the boring annoying stuff that you don't want to do or potentially that i wouldn't even do do you know what i mean like you know how you've got those jobs that need to be done but mm. you just kind of avoid them and never do them well they do those for me oh absolutely um, I always and, talk about. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, and and um, and then I can be freed up to actually, you know, be mentoring or guest speaking or things like that, where I'm actually going to make the money. Yeah, exactly. I always say, yeah. work with your strengths and outsource those things that you know you're not, you don't love doing. I'm not saying that you're not great at doing them, but you just don't love doing them or they take too much time and you yeah. don't have the time. So I, I'm a big believer Absolutely. in outsourcing and delegating for sure. Absolutely. And I do, obviously, because I work with mums in business, I do prefer to outsource in Australia mm. um, because I want to support mums who, who are working from home and trying to make some money for their families. And I think it's a really nice thing to do. Mm, of course. And the reason why I was asking, because we have, we have had some guest speakers who actually do get their virtual assistants and have them working from all over the world. So that's why yeah. I was curious to see yeah. how you went about. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's great to have 
overseas contractors um, if that works for you. But, yeah, I just prefer to. I prefer to keep it local. Mm. No, I hear you loud and clear. Mm. So, Ali, what do you think is the number one biz, uh, reason that women fail to succeed in business? Oh, geez, number one reason. Um, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> oh, well, well, maybe the top three. I would say the first one was would be that they're, they're not realistic. Um. I mean, the number of people that I have coming to my business nuns club and they've just launched their business and they're talking about how they want to be replacing their corporate income within a year, um, I, I know that they they haven't really actually looked into what it takes to run a business um, and the time it takes and the energy it takes and the amount of time it usually takes people to make money. Um, so I do find that what will happen is, is that they – will have had an idea or maybe they're potentially just making something and then their friend asks for it and then they make more and, you know, that sort of a thing. And a lot of the time mums sort of just jump into business without really actually considering what it is to run a business and the realities of it. Um, so we do tend to find that, you know, not being realistic about it will will often end up meaning that it's, it's it ends in failure because, they're not looking at things like how to correctly cost whatever it is that they're offering. Um, they're not thinking about, okay, well, I need to make this much money for my household, so what does that equal in numbers of this item sold? And then going, oh, actually, that's like 200 a month. Can I actually sell that? Do you know what I mean? Like mm. just thinking about those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, another thing that sort of comes down to realities as well is that um, the, the they don't really um, actually have any idea how much time they actually have. Um, and so if you don't know exactly how much time you have, then it's all theoretical. And unfortunately, theoretically, you just keep thinking that you can keep doing more and more and more and more stuff in your head when in actual fact you only have an hour that day. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of the time, um, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling in business because they haven't looked at how much time they have. And when I, I get a lot of people to do a time audit. When they do a time audit, they say, do you know what I've realised? I've only, I've only got two hours a day to run this business. So what can they actually get done in two hours a day? Maybe not a lot, particularly if they're making a product or something like that. Um, so I find that's a really big one as well, mm. um, is just not looking at the amount of time they have and, and determining whether that's going to enable them to create what it is that they want to create. Mm, thank you uh, for that. So, Ali, what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Do you know what? I was thinking about this. I am kind of one of those people that really just um, uh, goes with what I think. <laughs> I have this kind of weird, unshakable faith in myself. Um so to be honest, I actually can't remember any one piece of advice that I've been given that's been like that mind-blowing that I've just been like, wow, that's incredible and that's blown me away. Um, and I don't really read business books. I don't have a business mentor myself, which I know other mentors will be like, oh, my God, a mentor needs to have a mentor. But I have a mastermind group that I like to bounce things off, but I don't really have a mentor. Um, I just the only the only thing I can say is that, I just trust my gut always and I just I just check in with my gut and go with whatever my gut's telling me. So for me, the best piece of advice I've ever got is whatever my gut tells me. 
<laughs> and and that's what you should be doing because your gut is your 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 guardian light, your unconscious mind. It's it's always there to guide you in the right direction and protect you. So you're doing the good a great thing actually. Yeah, just I've just you know it's just how I've, how my I guess I've developed as a person. I'm just lucky enough to have sort of had that. So I haven't really gone out of my outside of myself to actually ask anyone for help or advice or anything like that. Um, and I'm quite happy with where I'm at and where I'm going. So I haven't really felt the need to. So yeah, not not um, not no amazing advice. But actually, one thing I will say is I have a favourite quote <laughs> um, that I absolutely love, and that could, you know, come as my piece of advice. Um, and my favourite quote is, um, do not fear mistakes, there are none, and that's Miles Davis. Mm, I love Miles Davis. And yeah. I, I love that quote as well. Thank you for sharing. It's so good, mm. and it kind of goes with the whole gut thing as well. Do you oh, know absolutely. what I mean? Like if, if you're not worried, if you, if you actually look at the world like uh, there's no mistakes to be made, it's just a different path, then it doesn't ever feel as scary. Mm, and it's a different energy, isn't it? When you look at things as opportunities rather than problems, yeah. uh, very different energy, and it, it gives you, when you look at it as an opportunity, it helps you move forward with it for sure. Absolutely. And if you're if you do make a decision but you're worried about making a mistake, it sort of closes you up, I mm. feel. Oh, um instead of just leaving you sort of open to whatever is gonna happen from that. Mm. Yeah. So true. So Ali, the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? What did I write? I'm just trying to think which one. I've got five brand keywords, but um, one that really resonates with you. I'm looking. I'm looking at them now because I have them pinned up on my pin board right in front of my computer always. Um, it's probably welcoming. Welcoming, love that. Mm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. You're very friendly and welcoming. <laughs> Well, then it's working. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Ali, the other thing we do as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to leave our listeners with three shiny golden nuggets. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Um, so I'm actually looking at what I sent you and I realised you only sent two, not three, so that was clever. Um, so my first one is is a lot of people just jump into business and they don't really think about it at all when, when they jump in. Um, and a lot of times, like a, a year or so in, it can get very stressful or people can be, you know, um, depressed or anxious or whatever. And a lot of the time that actually goes back to the fact that when they started their business, they didn't actually write down their priorities and their reasons for starting a business. And that's, that's personal and professional. Um, and so what happens is is because they haven't written those down, when their business is growing, it's just kind of growing however, and potentially it gets out of line with what you're actually trying to achieve for your business and your life. Mm. Um, so, for instance, like I know a lot of mums who they start out in business because they want that flexibility of being able to be there for their kids, but then maybe the business takes off or maybe it's just a lot of work and they're actually spending so much time in their business, they're actually neglecting their kids and then they start to feel that, you know, anxiety or guilt or whatever related to that. Whereas if they'd started out actually clear in their minds of what it is they want to achieve for their life and their business, then they could have built something that honours that. Mm. So if yeah. they haven't done it yet, do it and and review it as well because sometimes you might get two years in and be like, okay, I 
I did start it for flexibility, but now we actually need to make some money. So flexibility is going to come down the priority scale. Money's going to go to the top. I'm going to honour that for a year or whatever until we get through. So, you know, that I think it's a hugely important one. Um, the next one is don't compare yourself to others. It's 90% their marketing and 10% you projecting onto them. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of people fall into this trap, particularly with social media now. And, um, you know, it's 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 – at the end of the day, it actually it actually interests me because I think a lot of the time we actually get caught up in this trap, but we don't even actually, there's actually no reason to. Um, it was really funny because at the end of last year, I was on the verge of um, signing a partnership that would have been amazing for me, amazing financially. And then at the last minute, they pulled out and they actually went with my competitor. <laughs> and I was, like, quite devastated, actually, for a few days. I even cried and I never cry. Um, but what I, the way I pulled myself out of it is that I actually reminded myself of what it is that I want to achieve in my business. And what I want to achieve in my business is to help mums achieve their business dreams. And I actually realised I don't need that money to do that. I can do that mm. with no money. So true. So it, it really helped me, and this comes back to the comparing yourself to others, it really helped me to remind myself that people can get sucked into comparing themselves to others, but at the end of the day, is that really actually even what you want for your business? Is that your dream? Do you want to be, you know, this multimillionaire with all these products on the shelves or do you want to be this person who's this brand influencer on Instagram or do you actually just want to save enough money for a holiday every year? So don't get sucked into it. Um, and, and that sort of plays into my third one, which is you, you need to know what your definition of success is um, and it doesn't matter how large or how small it actually is. Your definition of success could just be to earn $200 a week and be there, pick, pick your kids up every day from school, and that is still success. Don't get sucked into society's idea of success, which is everyone apparently wants to be sleeping on a beach in Fiji making money while they sleep. <laughs> so true so true and I yeah. love the comparing one it's one that we talk about quite often and and it is it's it's I guess it's in regards to social media with social media as well you know some uh, women that I have spoken to uh, is one of those things that they they seem to invest so much time on social media yet you hear a lot of experts uh, talk about how uh, it impacts your business when you compare yourself and you invest so much time and energy in social media when you should be focusing on uh, other parts of your business where this is where your money is going to come into fruition rather than uh, getting more numbers on you know Instagram or Facebook. Exactly. And the funny thing is someone can look so successful on Instagram because they do such a great job of it, but how is that actually converting? No one actually knows that mm. except for the person that's doing it. Um and don't forget the other thing as well is that if you're getting distracted by what everyone else is doing, that's less time you're now spending on your business because you're spending time looking at theirs. And also I've actually seen people who have made decisions based on comparing or competing with other people. They're not even making decisions for their business anymore. Mm. They're, ma they're, they're making it from a skewed point of view because they've been looking at someone else and what they're doing and that's a dangerous 
place to be in because you're now no longer pursuing your own vision. So true, so true. Mm. So, Ali, for our listeners, what's the best place for them to find you? Um, they can find me at motivatingmum.com. They can find me at on Facebook at Motivating Mum Oz, O-Z. They can find me on Instagram on Motivating Mum. They can find me on YouTube, <laughs> Motivating Mum with an S on the end, Motivating Mums. And uh, I'm on other channels, but that'll do. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a lot of platforms for sure. Well, I have to, um, you know, teach social media, so I need to be on it, don't I? <laughs> of course, of course. So, Ali, thank you so much for your time and energy. It's wonderful to finally get you on the show after I don't know how many months it's been that we've been going back and forth. <laughs> so thank you so, so, so very much. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. If you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care.